In this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast, I'm going to be talking all about what I do in my physical therapy clinical. So, I'm talking about what interventions, what exercises I like to go with, what manual therapy techniques I'm doing, different spinal manipulations, different things that I do on a daily basis and what I've been doing, what I found works, what I found doesn't. Now remember, this is not medical advice, and this is not the replacement of a physical therapy session. However, I'm sure there are things that you'll be able to pick up and learn from listening to this episode, whether you are a physical therapy student, a physical therapist, or someone who exercises, maybe has occasional aches, pains, whatever it is. Uh, So we'll be going into all of that. As always, my episodes are sponsored by CTM Band, my favorite recovery company founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling. We had him as a guest on the podcast a few months ago. I love CTM Band. Their products are second to none. World-class recovery products used by some of the best athletes in the nation. I'm talking Boston Marathon champions, uh, horse jockeys that win the Kentucky Derby, NFL linemen, NFL players use these products. They are insanely effective. I actually use them as part of my clinical practice. I'm going to be talking about that in the episode. If you would like to get some CTM recovery products for yourself, head over to the link in the uh, podcast description below. Click on that. Use the coupon code BRAWN10 at uh, checkout, B-R-A-W-N-1-0 at checkout. That's going to save you 10%. Kind of knock that total down a little bit for you, save you some money. That also helps support us and what we've been doing on the podcast. So with that, let's get into it. So I should start by saying that my uh, clinical instructor, my CI, his name is also Dan. So you've got Dan and you've got Dan. You have physical therapist Dan and you have student Dan. And collectively, one of the other uh, physical therapists at the clinic. Uh, She is insanely awesome, really cool uh, lady. And uh, I'm really hoping to have her on the uh, podcast here in the near future because she does some awesome stuff. And I'd love to have her on to talk about what all she does. Uh, But she gave us the uh, nickname of the Double Ds. Uh, So if you walk in the clinic and you get the uh, Double D... uh, care team you're getting dan and dan that sounds like it should be a talk show maybe dan and dan in the morning right uh but anyways what i've been doing in clinic so we're going to start with kind of manual therapy and then we'll progress into exercises and all that other stuff from there so first off manual therapy i do a lot of it i literally spent about 40 45 minutes with one patient today doing manual interventions I'm talking cupping. I'm talking joint manipulation, right? High velocity, low amplitude techniques. We talked about that with Brett Windsor a few uh, few weeks ago, a couple months ago on the podcast. Uh, so I do a lot of cupping, scraping, uh, that joint manipulation type stuff, a lot of joint movements. My CI does a ton of dry needling. I am not allowed to do dry needling because you need an additional certification in order to perform it. And that makes sense, right? You're taking a needle 
and sticking it in someone's body. So you kind of got to know what's underneath where you're putting that needle and you kind of have to work on the technique a little bit, right? However, I've been able to play around with the needle uh, on myself, my CI, so been able to use that stuff a little bit, just not on patience. Uh, he does all of that, but I do a lot of the cupping. I like cupping a lot. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, you've seen it on my uh, Instagram there. We have a whole story reel of different things I've done cupping on on myself. I think it's very effective, especially when combined with stretching. So cupping, you kind of get that vertical stretch, that vertical separation of muscle. Whereas traditional stretching, we kind of get that side-to-side uh, -side horizontal stretch a little bit more. So when you combine the two, the result is incredibly effective. I really recommend trying some kind of cupping therapy if you haven't already, uh, especially for back pain, tight calves, hamstrings, that sort of thing tends to respond really well to cupping. You can do it anywhere, right? You can do cupping on the shoulders, you can do cupping on the arm, but I've noticed back, hamstrings, calves, very effective there, especially when combined with stretching. I have one patient, uh, he was in a uh, car crash not too long ago. So whiplash kind of stuff, a lot of tight muscles. We did a cupping session where we dropped the cups on and then he cycled through some stretching. And man, did he feel better afterwards. A lot of tension got released there. So highly recommend the cupping. I-STEM, instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. So when I use that, I'm either using these stainless steel devices. Uh, they kind of look like medieval torture tools, I'll say it bluntly. And I scrape different areas of muscle to kind of loosen it up, bring in some blood flow, some circulation. Uh, I also have used those tools for what's called sensitization. So I've had a complex patient who has had a really unique pain disorder, and we've just been trying to sensitize an area. So get her used to feeling something in that area, right? So that's why I've used those tools kind of bluntly to just kind of provide some sense of touch to that area. So like that also like massage gun iced him so percussive device basically i've done massage a lot of massage with my hands but there's a certain point where your hands can only do so much and sometimes taking something that can do a lot more a lot higher powered a lot quicker that can be an effective tool in the toolbox so to speak to make a difference and that's another thing too that you know a massage gun anymore costs less than $100 for a decent one. You can get it online. That's something if you like, you can throw that tool in your own toolbox, kind of use it for trigger point release, to kind of take some of those muscle knots away. I wouldn't spend 20 minutes a day on the massage gun, but if you notice certain areas like uh, your neck get tight, yeah, break it out, throw a couple minutes on each side, see how you feel afterwards can make a big difference for people. Uh, I'm also a real big fan of that in the lower back and the hip, especially the piriformis. A lot of trigger points in the piriformis. I do a lot of hands-on manual therapy. So joint manipulation we've talked about. So ankles, we can do joint manipulation on the ankle. Fibular head, high velocity, low amplitude, fibular head thrust. Yes, it's a thing. 
It's really cool. You don't use it often, but when you do, I think it can make a really good uh, impact if you match it with the right patient at the right time. Hip and SI leg pulls, uh, so high velocity leg pull type things to pop the hip, pop the SI joint, muscle energy techniques for the SI joint. Uh, we also do some spinal manipulation, so lumbar roll, reverse air hard, um, reverse air hard has another name. I'm not too familiar with that, uh, but I call it the reverse air hard manip. Uh, we also do the uh, Texas twist and other prone thoracic manipulation. I do that a little bit, but that's not my favorite. I've done thoracic scoop techniques that's in seated. I like that one, but not as much as I like pistol. Thoracic pistol technique is my go-to. Uh, there was a day, whew, I think it was Monday, I think I performed that technique four or five times on different patients. Uh, it's kind of the money one from what I've been able to find. Uh, and then cervical, we do CT junction. Uh, we've done it seated. We've also done it prone. And I also just added the uh, supine mid-cervical manip to my repertoire. And that's uh, become another one of my favorites to uh, do on people, and I'm excited to continue to use that kind of in my uh, therapy care here. So for those who are not familiar with manipulation, I would highly recommend you go back and talk to or listen to our episode with Brett Windsor because he kind of does a good job of talking about all those things. So spinal manipulation, um, something that you might have associated with chiropractors, but physical therapists can also do it in most states. So it's high velocity, low amplitude thrust techniques to kind of extend a joint into a better range of motion. You get that crack, that popping noise. We call it a cavitation. It's the sound of air being released from a joint. It kind of hits the neurological reset button on that joint. So it kind of reboots everything, so to speak. It can help to change muscle tone so if there's an area of high muscle tone and we want to reduce it, we can use joint manipulation. We can also use it to kind of move the joint a little bit better. It has a whole lot of other effects like uh, nourishment to the tissues in the area, uh, increasing blood flow and circulation. A lot of good stuff comes from joint manipulation. So if someone fits the clinical picture that we look for and uh, we consider them a candidate for it, then of course we're going to do it because in 30 seconds time, we can really make a difference. I've learned a lot of different techniques to do the same techniques, or a lot of different ways to do those techniques that I laid out for you. Um, so although those are things I've done before, I've learned new ways to do them. So for example, I've done lumbar roll with uh, my focus on the femur. So I'm cracking someone's back, but I'm moving their leg, not their back kind of wild, right? I'm using the femur as more of a lever, as more of a fulcrum point. The thoracic pistol technique, yeah, I always do it in supine, so the patient is laying down, but I've had patients actually hold a towel roll or a pillow instead of just crossing their arms. Uh, so if you're familiar with the technique, you know, you can try kind of some of these different tweaks. Uh, prone CT, uh, that one's a new one for me, but basically you have about half the face on a towel roll, and then you kind of take up soft tissue on the opposite side. Watch for the nose 
and the uh, chin to touch the table at the same time when you do that. And then you're doing a CT break. So your other hand is going on the uh, area of the parietal bone and your thrust is through that hand on the parietal bone after you've taken up the soft tissue with the other hand and locked it down there. Uh, so it's kind of a cool technique. Uh, with all these manual therapy techniques I'm describing, I hope it's needless to say, but do not perform them unless you have been trained and it is within your state practice act or license act, that sort of thing. So for example, a personal trainer should not be doing spine manipulation. A licensed physical therapist in a state that allows high velocity techniques should be doing that. A chiropractor should be doing that. A personal trainer should not. This is not something that I ever include for any of my clients if I have my personal trainer hat on. Now, if it's a patient in a physical therapy setting and it's something like a clinical experience like I'm at now, then yes, I use these techniques a lot. But I just wanted to make sure that line was kind of drawn pretty clearly that this is not something that anyone can just walk up and do. The other one is that mid-cervical technique. And that one I've really taken a liking towards because once you can lock the joints, it almost goes automatically by itself. It's a really easy one to learn but difficult to master. Once you lock it, you've got it. You've just got to get good at locking it at different positions to get different levels. Uh, so a lot of joint manipulation. A lot of other manual techniques though. A lot of distraction and traction type forces. Uh, so positional distractions for the lumbar spine and we combine those lumbosacral positional distractions with different uh, uh, thrusts and glides and movements and even additional traction while in a distracted position. We've done lumbar traction, we've done cervical traction, a lot of soft tissue work. I've worked on a lot of different muscles in the body, a lot of joint glides, so SC, AC, first rib, shoulder, you name it. We've probably done it. So that about wraps up what I've done from a manual technique standpoint. I've done a lot of muscle energy techniques as well, in addition to a lot of self-mobilizations or mobilization with movement kind of the mulligan concept, right? So first rib self-mob with uh, what we call a snag. That's a really common one. Muscle energy techniques to inhibit and activate things like the SCM. Uh, I used a thoracic muscle energy technique just the other day uh, with that whiplash individual that I mentioned before. Uh, so a lot of cool manual therapy stuff. And if that's something you're interested in, feel free to reach out to me and I'll tell you which clinics I'll be at for my clinical rotations. Uh, I've got a couple weeks left in Arizona. So if you're in the Arizona area, uh, I'm in Glendale. So feel free to pop in and see me and uh, we can see what we can do for you. Otherwise, I can let you know what my clinical schedule looks like. Or if you're willing to hang out for about one more year, when I get my license, I'll be able to work with you directly under that physical therapy hat. I'm still under the personal trainer hat for the most part when it comes to the business and podcast. I kind of put the physical therapy hat on sometimes 
but I'm not able to provide that care and treatment uh, at this point. So come and see me in clinic though, and we'll do what we can to get you better. So outside of those manual techniques, right? What else do we do? We often reinforce all of that with exercise. So whether that's stretching or strengthening, you know, it's either the WD-40 flavor or the duct tape flavor, right? So as far as stretching, increasing mobility goes, we really like seated hamstring stretching. So if you didn't know, I'm kind of working from the bottom up here. So we're starting with the legs. Seated hamstring stretching, very effective. You can crush someone's hamstrings, uh, hamstrings in seated just by sitting down, put one leg in front of the other, and then reach forward, lean forward. You'll feel that stretch in the back of your leg pretty good. Love that one. Also love standing calf stretches. Get the front of your foot up real high and the heel down real low and then lean forward. Really good stretch there in that calf. And those are things too. You can combine it with some of those manual techniques, right? If you're gonna do that calf stretch, throw a couple cups on there, do some cupping therapy, loosen it up. Gets real deep there. So those are two of our favorites for calves and uh, hamstrings. We don't really do a whole lot of stretching for the shin muscles, right? The tibialis anterior. That's one that needs strengthening, not stretching most of the time. Quads. The uh, Thomas stretch is a good one. So half of your leg is off of the bed or couch or table or whatever you're on. The other uh, leg is up there and you're going to pull your, uh, your shin kind of that front area of your foot up into that quad stretch. So you get kind of a combination of hip and quad. We also really like an exercise, a stretch that kind of came from the clinic I'm in. It's called the Thunderdome because it makes you feel like you're being taken to the Thunderdome. So this is a slightly complicated one. So stick with me here. We're gonna line up next to a couch, bed, table, whatever you're using. So let's say we're standing and our left leg is on the side of that bed, right? So we're gonna put the left leg up on that bed and that means our right leg is on the ground. So right leg is going to go in front of us, okay? That's gonna give us a little bit of a hip flexor stretch. Left leg, bend your knee quad stretch. So we have a hip flexor stretch and a quad stretch. Now lift up on your back into a cobra. So we're combining a kind of half hamstring stretch off the side, hip flexor stretch with that knee bend. So a quad stretch and then lifting up into a cobra and that kind of trifecta works hip flexors, quads and back all at once. So that trifecta works a lot of tight muscles at the same time. Very effective, very efficient way to loosen up, but it's brutal, right? You're gonna feel that stretch and you're gonna feel it pretty darn good. So really like that one. Other things that we like for the back, uh, lateral trunk rotations or LTRs we call them, long trunk rotations, very good one. 
We also like a self-positional distraction. So, we talked about positional distraction earlier, but go over to the side of your bed, your couch, whatever you're laying on, lay on your side, and drop those legs off the side. Just let them hang down. You feel how that kind of opens up everything in that lower back and stretches it out? Great position to hang out in. Really loosens everything up. If you roll backwards, uh, I actually just did this here as I'm recording this, and I got a couple uh, back cracks real quick there. Um, so that's kind of just a stretch position that actually led to some back cracking. So it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes it does. Uh, also really like single knee to chest, but we're pulling to the opposite shoulder. That allows us to kind of stretch some of that glute piriformis, some of those deeper muscles a little bit if that's needed. Um, thoracic spine, mid-back, that one gets tight, right? We like the lat stretch done in kneeling. Uh, we usually use a PVC pipe with that. We like that a lot. World's greatest stretch. I'm a huge fan of child's pose if you're incorporating lateral reaches. So reaching to one side, then reaching to the other side. Uh, cat cow, I like it if it has cupping. If you include cupping with cat cow, very few things are more, more effective. Uh, so highly recommend that one. Uh, we also do a lot of pull-up bar dead hangs and weighted stretching. Uh, I incorporated that just the other day off of the TRX. So holding that TRX row at the end. So it kind of pulls the shoulder blades into protraction, stretches all those muscles in the back. They do get tight after people have things like a whiplash injury. So great tool for that sort of thing. Shoulders, what are we gonna do about them, right? I literally had a patient who had what's called a MUA, a manipulation under anesthesia. So when they have that, your whole goal becomes we need to get them as much motion as possible, as quickly as possible. So when it comes to the shoulder, I like a pullover weighted stretch, kind of pulling up into that higher level of reaching overhead. So basically I'm talking about laying on your back, doing that dumbbell pullover kind of thing and just holding the end, kind of letting the weight pull you more uh, further up, kind of stretching the lat a little bit. That tends to be very effective for people. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of strap-assisted and active-assisted stretching for the shoulder. So something where you're working your muscles to stretch, but you have something helping them too. So that combination, active-assisted we call it, that's a very effective movement from what we've found. Uh, we also have kind of shown that it depends on what muscle we're targeting at the shoulder, right? We can stretch the joint, but most of the time, it's muscular in nature. So we want to stretch things like the pec. We want to stretch the upper trap. Those sort of things tend to go a little bit further. For the pec, we like the doorway stretch, but specifically a low doorway stretch, not a high doorway stretch. So we reach low and then we lunge through. Uh, for the upper trap, we do a side bending. We don't like to add overpressure there. Uh, I usually do, I usually prefer it, but some uh, other individuals have kind of showed me a different 
school of thought that says we shouldn't do that as much. We should just kind of hang out here. Uh, I still think the overpressure is more effective. It's kind of a personal preference. So that's kind of a side bend, your neck kind of thing. So touch one ear to a shoulder, but keep the shoulder down. And you're probably not going to get all the way there. You'll probably feel a pretty good stretch in the other side. So that's kind of our main stretching stuff. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of stretching for things like the wrist, elbow, and hand just because we don't get a whole lot of people with problems there. It does happen, but it's just not that common, and that's a place where the joint mobilization, right? Manual therapy really shines there. That's also a place where I like to bring in what's called the CTM band, right? So I mentioned that in the intro. I love that thing. I've used it on patients in clinic, and guess what they've said? It does what it was designed to do. It works. Ironic, huh? Uh, so I've used it a lot on ankles because the calves are a very tough area to stretch, and the CTM band makes it significantly easier to loosen up those tight knots of tissue, combining mobilization, deep tissue work with movement. I'm a huge fan of it there. I've also used it at the elbow, right? Epicondylitis, tennis, tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, that sort of thing. You can put that knob, you can put that knob on the CTM band. I'm um, sorry, I'm getting uh, a little uh, parched here. I need some uh, something to drink here. So if my voice cracks every now and then, I apologize. But take that knob on the CTM band. Put it right on that kind of like tender spot on the elbow. See how that feels. That should kind of knock off some of the pain. Um, huge fan of that. Uh, as far as other things that I've really done, uh, strengthening wise, uh, we do a, a lot of squats. Huge believer in squats, in deadlifts. Uh, bird dog is another classic. Uh, single leg bridging and other bridging progressions. Those are all kind of hallmark staples, right? Things that we really like to do. A lot of rows. Uh, TRX rows are a pretty common one. Um, we do get into some of the higher level stuff every now and then. Uh, but for the most part, those are kind of our bread and butter things. And that's important for everyone. You have to get good at the basics. You have to get good at the simple movement patterns. If you are not able to do a full range body weight squat, then do you think it's appropriate for you to load up two or 300 pounds and start squatting? Probably not. Get good at the simple things. Start small and work as you go. Start simple, right? One step at a time. Uh, I think that if you get really good at the basics, everything else will kind of fall into place for you. But get good at the basics first. Uh, I also wanted to talk about, kind of before I mentioned, I had a unique patient with a pain thing. Uh, some of the stuff I've done for her too. Uh, I've also done breathing. So I've done a lot of breath work in clinic. Breathing has been very effective from what I've seen. So optimizing breathing techniques with things like box breathing, with things like parasympathetic breathing. And I want to talk more about breathing, but I have an entire in-service lined up about it. And I'm actually going to record my in-service on breathing and breath work. And I'm going to have that posted 
as a podcast at some point in the near future so we can talk all about sympathetic versus parasympathetic breathing patterns. So things you want to do when you're lifting versus things you want to do to relax and kind of tone down and chill out a little bit. We'll talk about what breathing training and breath work does, why it's important, why it's essential, and all the cool things that you can use breathing for. We'll also kind of touch on some of the relevant anatomy and physiology and kind of explain why it does what it does. So huge fan of breathing and breath work. I've done a little bit of strain counter strain for those who are familiar with that. So a lot of positioning there. Every now and then I'll break out what we call a modality. And by every now and then, I mean, I used one modality one time, and that one modality was Russian E-stim, which is very brutal, uh, brutal as it might sound to you. Uh, so that's kind of my take on modalities is it's very, it tends to be very passive. E-stim, electrical stimulation, is basically me taking electrodes and stimulating a muscle to fire. Uh, muscle that doesn't necessarily fire well on its own. So we're kind of helping it with some electricity. Uh, you could call some of the other stuff, like the needle and cupping. Some people call that a modality. I call it more of a manual therapy intervention because my goal is to combine it with manual therapy techniques after all, right? Like massage, cupping massage, that sort of thing. So We've kind of touched on strengthening, we've touched on stretching, we've touched on manual quite a bit. We've touched on some of that other stuff, right? Like breathing. A lot of these simple things, if you get really good at them, can make a huge difference for you. Last piece I'm going to touch on is what we call neuro-re-ed. So neuromuscular education, re-education. And one of my big things here and for therapeutic activity. So basically kind of taking what we do in uh, physical therapy and applying it to real life for people. The squats, the step-ups, all of those are very effective things. But I also do a lot of stuff in front of a mirror. So using the mirror to kind of provide feedback for people, right? This is how you're moving. This is what it looks like. I've had a couple patients where I kind of flip my phone around and I kind of record them doing the exercise with their permission. And then I show it to them. I'm saying, look, this is what it looks like when you do this. Here's what we want it to look like. And then I show them. And then we kind of re-record. And then they see the difference for themselves. They feel the difference for themselves. And then afterwards, we delete the videos because it's kind of wrong to keep videos of your patients on your phone, in my opinion, especially when you're a student. Uh, so we always ask permission before recording and then delete and the patient watches us delete. Uh, that's just kind of my personal pet peeve there. Uh, but yeah, a lot of that movement coordination piece is something that we need to do more of at the gym, right? A lot of people are very happy to load up on the weight, very happy to overload but they don't always have the best movement patterns, movement kinematics, so to speak. And sometimes if we take a little more time to kind of optimize those kinematics, optimize how our body moves more effectively and efficiently, we'll lift more weight because of that. So if you're someone who struggles with form, I would highly recommend 
drop the weight down and just focus on getting the proper form every time over and over again higher repetition get the form down good the more you do it the more effective and efficient you'll be at it and i'm telling you the more efficient you get at the form the more weight you're going to lift go through a full range is something that i uh, really run into a lot with squats especially people don't like doing full range of motion squats right well if you can't get the full range you're not going to get the full benefits right if you can get a full range, you can get full benefits, which is very helpful. Uh, I'd like to add, too, that it's almost like every patient you work with is kind of a neuro patient, right? Because no matter what, you have to work on that neuromotor re-education, neuromuscular re-education. Because if something didn't hurt, they wouldn't be coming into physical therapy. If something didn't hurt at a place like the gym, then you know they wouldn't come into physical therapy either. So if you kind of correct things at the pro- at the uh, root cause of the problem, at the source, it would be very effective, very efficient. Uh, we've worked in some cardio into therapy as well. Not much, but a little bit every now and then. Uh, that can be very helpful and beneficial for people. Uh, we've worked in some different mental techniques. Uh, not anything that we really kind of focus on or bill for or anything, but kind of conversational mental things that we kind of combine while we're doing our manual therapy, while we're doing exercises, different things like that that can be very therapeutic, kind of what we call the soft skills. And if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, this is very physical therapy-ish, what can I take away from this if I'm just someone who exercises, right? What can I take away uh, from this if I'm not into physical therapy? Take away this. The little things matter right little things matter and it's more about it's more than just what you're doing in the moment it's more than just like oh we're stretching this muscle it's about all these other little pieces that go with that and one of those things is the mental side of things right so for example uh if i took a patient and i told him all the reasons not to do cupping therapy and then I said, okay, we're going to do cupping therapy. How do you think they're going to perceive cupping helps them? Probably not too much. Even if cupping made a difference, their perception is going to say, nope, this didn't do anything for me. I'm not buying into it. I don't feel any different. That's that. So because I kind of impacted their perception, I really shut things down. That's a problem. Well, what if I told that same patient, cupping is great, very beneficial, going to work it's going to take away your pain it's going to help you move better i have confidence that this is the best intervention for you right now if i said that to someone guess what they're going to think wow this is going to work so that's kind of a thing not only that applies to therapy but it applies to life too right how you frame things how you sell it how you pay attention to those small things can really make or break things long term So that's kind of what I've been up to, what I've been doing. I keep learning new skills, picking up new things like lateral hip belt glides, uh, different mobilization with movements, different manipulations. It's been really fun, really enjoyable. And like I said, if you're interested in receiving physical therapy uh, care and treatment from me, please reach out to me and I will tell you 
what clinicals I am at and when I am there. And you can kind of drop in as you're available. I'm in Arizona for about two more weeks and then I'm done here. Then I'm back in the northeastern part of PA and then I'm done in clinics uh, about mid-August until next January. I will not provide physical therapy care outside of a clinical affiliation. Uh, It's not my scope of practice right now. I'm still in school, so unfortunately I'm unable to do that. If you've been paying attention and you kind of realize that we do a lot of strength and conditioning, health and wellness, fitness, that sort of thing, then you already know that you can reach out to me with anything exercise-related, fitness-related, workout plans, workout programs, nutritional advice. I'm not a dietitian, but there's certain things I can do to help you. Supplement advice, that sort of thing. Feel free to reach out. I'm happy to kind of walk you through what we offer and what we can do and go from there. Uh, I also do speaking as well as other event-type things. Uh, So I've spoke to a number of high schools in the past, high school students, and I'm happy to kind of speak to different audiences. Uh, I've also spoke with college students and collegiate athletes, so I'm happy to kind of work with whatever you see uh, fit for your needs. Just shoot me a message, and we'll see what we can do. So with that, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. We'll see you next week. Next week we hit episode 100. We are almost there. Get excited because we have something special in store. And then we're turning back over to all of our guests that we have lined up for the summer. It's going to be an amazing time. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please do us a favor. Leave a review. If you're listening anywhere else, uh, including iTunes, please make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.